Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. And uh, as you go to that passage, just the beginning uh, number of verses from verse 1 and on, we want to continue on uh, this message of being solid and also being aware. Last week I focused on the be solid part, so if you missed that, uh, make sure you uh, get in and, and uh, subscribe to Lighthouse Niagara on YouTube. And uh, I see there's almost 230 that are subscribed for that. And if you miss a service, catch it. Catch it. There's a lot of series that you can catch uh, and, and look back on and uh, uh, just to be strengthened and encouraged. But if you miss a, a Wednesday night uh, you can uh, get it on YouTube or go to lighthouseniagara.com, our website, and you can catch them there as well. So last time, spoke about being solid, and it was around the Word. If you're going to be solid, we need to not only be hearers of the Word, but we need to be doers of the Word. And I, I want to read just quickly... Oftentimes, I, I go to Matthew 7 from verse 24 regarding the wise man and the foolish man. But I want to read from Luke chapter 6 from verse 46. And I like what it says here. Uh, it says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? In other words, Lord, why are you calling to me? Lord, Lord, I need you. When you don't do the things that I say. And I like the wording of, of how Luke words this illustration that Jesus gives. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. It was a work. It was a work to get down to the foundation to build on the rock. That is the person that hears the word and does it. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. It was founded on doing the word. You want to be solid don't just hear the word, you must, you have to do the word. So we need to do the word. So it's not just hearing, coming into the house or reading the word of God or wherever you may take it in, but it is also a hearing or a doing of the word and your, your house will have a solid foundation. And let me say again, and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. And I see that taking place in people's lives. If you adhere to the word... And you do the word, you do the word, you will find 
yourself getting through the storms. When you don't hear, or you hear the word and you don't do it, it's like there's a, there's a caving in, there's a falling down of your, of your house. The structure of your life begins to crumble. I want to say this, that the beautiful thing about the Lord is this, that if that's where you're at and you're recognizing, oh my goodness, the house is coming down, everything is crumbling, and you realize, you know what? There are things in my life where the Holy Spirit has put his finger on my heart and said, listen, you need to change this. And I've not changed it. As we humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of that, and I, I need to make these things right. You, you are putting yourself, you're saying, I'm going to build my house on a solid foundation. And so we can correct the location of where we're building our house or how we build our house. I need to dig down deep to a foundation. And so the Lord is gracious. As long as we're still breathing, we can make a change in our life. Three things that I mentioned regarding the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We beheld them full of grace and truth. But this word, word, is logos. And it has three main expressions. And I just, I don't want to go too deep in it. But just one is in respect to speech. Logos has to do with speech. There's a speaking and there is a word being said. Discourse, doctrine, narrative, report, discussion whereby which the inward thought is expressed. So logos is, what I'm doing right now is logos. There's a word that's going out. And so you are hearing that. Now the thing about logos is that it, it is powerful when it is the Lord speaking to us. Very powerful. And we take it in and it is a benefit to us. And the second part of Logos has to do with our mind and the fact that we have reasoning powers within our being, in our mind, in our thinking, when we hear the word, that we can respond to it. So we reason with what we hear and we make a decision to accept or reject, to, to follow or not. And so the other so the second part of this, this word logos has to do with the fact that there is a hearing of the word and a taking it in, a comprehending, a, uh, a coming to a conclusion. This is how I'm going to act in my life. This is what I'm going to do in my life. And the last thing is, regarding logos, it is a person. Jesus is the Word, and the Word is powerful. It is basically Jesus, and His Word to us brings life, which is powerful. And so this thing of heeding the Word of God, if you want to be solid in this day and age, hear the Word of God and stand on the Word of God. Do the Word of God. Take it in and do it. Now, second part I want to get into tonight uh, is this, this aspect of to be aware, not just be solid, but be aware.
Jesus spoke about the last days, and he, uh, even at his time, he's saying, watch and pray. We need to watch and pray. We need to be aware of what's going on around us, and we also need to be aware of his word to us in these last days and for these last days. And um, tonight, I want you to listen up as we, we go through a short passage of Scripture, but it has warning for us in these last days. And it's like, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. So let me just read the passage, and then we're going to get into the different parts of that. And uh, I'm going to, once again, be, be uh, aware of the time uh, that we are at and uh, try to get everything done uh, in a timely manner. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So, just a few things regarding these latter times, these, these days that we're living in. And the first thing that's mentioned uh, is this thing of departing from the faith. And I think uh, this word departing means to move away from the faith. So there's this moving away from the faith. Now, the question is right off the top, what is the faith that he's speaking of here? Some will depart from the faith, not just faith or it's the faith. Anybody? What faith? Okay, following Jesus, sorry, the truth or falling away from the truth, okay? Anybody else? The gospel? What is the gospel? Sorry, sorry, let me, let me just hear, sorry, say again. Okay, the gospel is that we're saved by faith, not by works. Um, okay, Any, anybody want to add to this? Because we're going back to faith, the faith and, and works. Uh, so, but this, so it's sort of like a, a circle here. Let's be more specific about the gospel. Good news? So I was at a funeral today, and the man that was up front was trying to uh, relay how somebody... Uh, makes it, how somebody makes it to heaven. So he was trying to relay the fact that the person that had passed away was a good person. 
He was a good person because of the things that happened in his life. The fact that there was such blessing in his life must have meant or means that God was, was in his life and blessing him. And so there was this, this uh, foundation of because he, was, he did the right things, the good works or whatever, uh, some of the things that happened even before he knew, could remember, some of the things that he had done, it was that which saved him and, and allowed for him to have the life that he had and the family that he had was all because, or it was a demonstration of God in his life. And so that's why he's, he is in heaven. That's why he's going to heaven. Uh, I, I would struggle hearing that when it comes to, well, what if I'm not, why, if I'm not blessed or things haven't worked out in my life and, or I'm not a, a, a uh, I haven't, I don't have a track record of, of doing mighty things or great things or the type of person I am, that it's going to, uh, I, I, I haven't achieved those things, so wh will I make it still? Or what if my life is, a, I'm doing the wrong things, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing things all for myself and whatever, so I know there's no way I'm going to make it because I don't have the time to do the works that I need to do. So, it says here that in the last days some will depart from the faith. So, let me be more specific. Let me read, if we could, just turn to Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. Because nowhere here in this passage does it talk about us because of what we have done that we make it to heaven. It's not by what we have done or what we can do. So Colossians 1.19 says, For it pleased, and you listen to this, and you tell me what our faith needs to be in. All right? For it pleased the Father that in Him, that is Jesus, all the fullness should dwell, and by him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, to God the Father, by him, by Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated or separated and enemies, even opposed to God in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, his death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If, indeed, you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now, I want you to be more specific about the gospel because it's mentioned here. The gospel was preached. The good news was preached. 
But what is it about, especially in light of this passage? What are we talking about here that has not anything to do with us so much except for hearing something and responding to what we heard so that we can have reconciliation with God to, to, to be presented holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight? How is it possible according to this passage? Okay, only through Jesus. Let's expand even more. Okay, let me just over here first. If, okay, so, okay, and what else over here? Did you, okay, so it says, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So there's peace. We have peace with God. We were alienated. We were enemies in our mind. Now listen, I'll tell you right now, people can talk about Jesus without talking about the cross. And it happens all the time. In fact, people, they use Jesus' name. Talking about Jesus, if you leave out what he did to, uh, to allow us to have reconciliation, we're going to miss the opportunity to share life with others. And this is, and not just share life with others, but people can depart. It says in the last days, they will depart from the faith. And the faith is this, as it says here, if indeed you continue in the faith, the faith of what? Of who Jesus is and what he did for us. So my faith shifts off of that. Paul struggled with this himself because his faith had shifted off of Jesus Christ what he did for us and was had shifted to Paul attempting to do the things that he wanted to or he, he thought I, I need to do these things and we, we hear about that in, in Romans chapter 7 he says the things that I want to do I don't do and the things that I don't want to do, I'm doing. And he's going back and forth, and he says, and I like it was at the last or two men up ago back in February. I like how uh, Pastor Mike was sharing on this. And he says, this word wretched, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of flesh? Who is going to deliver me from this body of flesh? And the word wretched, we, we think of as being, oh, poor man that I am. Wretched man, I'm so poor, I'm so, I'm in such a, a, a bad place. The bad place is this, but there's, the word wretched there means tired. The tired man that I am. I'm tired because I am doing the work. It's about me. Today was this message that I heard was he is in heaven because he was a good man in the things that he did. I say, thank you, Lord. He was a good man. But he does, we don't make it to heaven by our works. We make it the just shall live by faith. And so there's a departing from the faith of what saves us to, to being, getting, or getting to a place we, we are at 
And so we are, are, are falling away from what saves us. If indeed you continue in the faith. When we start in the faith, we need to continue in the faith. What saved you and I at the very beginning, we could not say, Lord, because I am such a great person, you have to save me or you allow me into heaven because I'm a great person. So when we came to the Lord, it was like, Lord, I'm a sinner. And it's because of what you did for me on the cross. I believe it. I confess it with my mouth and I believe it in my heart that you died for me. And I want you to come into my life. I want you to come into my life, be my Lord, and we receive him into our lives, and we were saved. It was nothing that we can do except believe and receive the grace of God extended to us in his Son. It says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 from, from verse 1, it says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have the faith. There is a time that we are outside of faith, and we, have, we don't even have it, didn't have it, and we need faith. But here, this departure, from, departing from the faith, it is a person that is saved and is now departing from it. You can't depart from something or from a place that you are not at. So here it is a departing from, from this faith that saved us, and there's a shifting off of that. The Lord, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, into the patience of Christ. So here it says in this, but going back to 1 Timothy 4, it says that in the latter time, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. And there's this warning to take heed lest there's a deceiving spirit, there's a departing from the faith, to be moved from the faith. We don't want to give heed to deceiving spirits at all. There's an interesting thing in Hebrews chapter 3, and there's a warning given there as well regarding a departing and it's a warning around the example of the Israelites that came out of Egypt and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Listen to what it says. Hebrews 3, verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, therefore as... The Holy Spirit says, Today if you, you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. For 40 years they tested me, and they tried me. And they saw my powerful works 
for those 40 years. And it says, therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways, even though they've seen him and the power of God in, in miraculous ways. Can you imagine? I spoke last week about the, the, the Israelites going through the Red Sea. The waters parting. They walk on dry land. They saw miracle after miracle. Can you imagine? For 40 days or 40 years, their shoes didn't wear out. For 40 years, their shoes did not wear out. And they're walking and wandering around in circles, around and around and around. They should have gotten through that, that section of the wilderness in three weeks. It should have taken them no more than three weeks to get through. And here we, we recognize this wandering for years and years and years. The miracles that they saw, they didn't even have to take care of food. So every day, there would be bread falling from heaven, manna from heaven. And they could only gather up enough for that day. If they gathered up more to save for the next day so they don't have to, it would go bad. So all the stuff, the extra stuff they gathered would go bad. They couldn't eat it. They'd have to go out and gather again. On the sixth day, there would be a double portion of the manna, which would last them over for the next day, for the Sabbath. And then it would start again. So they, they would start on the, the next week. They would start on gathering again. The Lord took care of them. When they got tired of manna, he added quail. Can you imagine? The quail coming to feed two to three million people. Even the water in the wilderness to supply water for, um, for millions of people. This is what they saw. And it says here, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you. Now, the writer, I, I like to think that it's Paul that's, that wrote Hebrews. We don't know. But it says, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you, in any of you, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Faith is about belief, what we believe in. And so here now, he's talking about us. Be aware. Or beware. Hey, don't let this same thing happen to you, that you have an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So if we've become partakers of Christ, we've, we've partaken in Christ and with Christ, He's in us. And He says here, if we hold if we hold the beginning of our confidence or our faith steadfast to the end, we're confident in Jesus Christ right to the end. We have to hold on right to the end. So we cannot depart from the faith because of unbelief. 
This evil heart of unbelief. So it's the unbelief is spoken of as being or having an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Going back to this 40 years of wandering. They were rebellious. For who having heard, or for who having heard rebelled, who was it? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom he, he or was he angry for, for, with whom was he angry 40 years? Who was it? Was it not with those who sinned whose corpses fell in the wilderness. They all died away in the wilderness. Over the course of those 40 years, they died. They did not get into the promised land. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey? Question mark. And it's a rhetorical question. He's saying, of course, it, it was them. But that it's not just them. It would be for us as well who do not obey, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So he says, he talks about obedience, but here he talks about unbelief. It's the unbelief, the moving from the faith, that causes the disobedience. I don't believe. I don't believe anymore. And so you start to disobey. There's a disobedience. A departing from the faith so unbelief led to disobedience, and as a result, they did not enter his rest. So, for us, you may say, Pastor, sum it up in a nutshell. The just, those that are right before God, they're in right standing with God, shall live by faith. Faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is where our faith needs to remain. That's why Paul, and you, you hear me quote this many times, says, I was determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified because that's where it's at. Let your faith remain there. My faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And at that point, the power and wisdom of God is available to you. And at that point, it is so much easier to obey the Lord. My faith is in the right place, so my obedience, it is easy to follow the Lord, to obey Him. Well, my faith is in the right place. Praise God. Praise God. So, in the latter days, now the Spirit expressly says, and this is the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in, in the latter times, in the later times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits giving heed to deceiving spirits, seducing, I think the King James might use seducing spirits, but that's another thing, to seduce somebody. They're seductive. To be seductive or seducing is there's this attempt to work on the things that the flesh craves and desires catering to the flesh, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. It's all about the flesh. And so the seducing spirit, the deceiving spirit, is there to mislead, to take off the road, to mislead, to corrupt, to deceive. Now, 
once again, I think the, the, the deceiving and the, the, the seduction is to take a person off of what saves them, to grab a hold of something else. In 1 Timothy 1 verse 18, it says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. I want you, the prophecies that have been made concerning you, that you would wage good warfare. That's for us as well. Let us wage good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, having suffered shipwreck. So there's this thing of warfare. The enemy is coming against us and we're doing battle. The enemy wants for you. Can somebody tell me what it says regarding our warfare, our armor? And it says, above all, what do we need? Yeah, yeah, I have the whole armor of God. But within the armor, there's one verse that says, above all, taking... The shield of faith, whereby which every fiery dart is quenched. And you might say, why the shield of faith? Now, if you look at the shield of faith, and if you see the, uh, the, the Romans, one of the things that when the arrows were flying towards them, they could very easily just crouch behind the shield. They were, the, the arrows coming over, if they were coming from more than one direction, I think, I think it's called a phalanx or a tortoise. Uh, but basically what would happen is they would just all bunch together. The ones that are on the outside, they'd have their shield all the way around the outside. And the ones that were in behind and in the middle, their shields would come up and over, and there would be a complete protection of the whole group. Above all, taking the shield of faith. The enemy is going to do whatever he can, because everything else, those, those darts can be shot from a distance. They come very quickly at us. And so, if we don't have that shield of faith... What's happening is the darts are coming at us and we'll get around those parts that are uncovered. So above all, taking the shield of faith. And I would say this, the parting of the, from the faith, the deceiving spirits, the seducing spirits will, want, will work at taking us away from our faith, dropping the shield rather than the shield coming up. So once again... That here, as, as Paul says to Timothy, he says that by, uh, by these prophecies that were given that, hey, concerning you and the things that the Lord would have for you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. You're going to have battle. Go move forward according to the word of the Lord spoken to you. Having faith and a good conscience. I'll tell you right now, you will have a good conscience when your faith is not in yourself and your own works, but your faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did. If my faith is in myself, 
it's like I got to keep on doing something. And at some point, usually it takes like less than a day when your faith is in yourself and your own good works. It takes less than a day probably before you can say, oh man, I messed up. I'm not in the right place anymore. Your faith is in the wrong thing, whereas this thing of having faith and a good conscience, a good conscience says, I'm right before the Lord. The just shall live by faith. Those that are in right standing live by faith in Jesus Christ. The seducing, deceiving spirits want to make your faith to cause you to suffer shipwreck. And he names names of whom uh, are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I deliver to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. These two guys were believers and that had gone off track to the point where Paul is saying, I've delivered them over to Satan. They may not learn not to uh, blaspheme. Hopefully they'll get back on track. And part of it is they're, they're totally exposed, no armor, no armor, and no shield. And so the enemy is able to, to uh, get to them. In the last days, that's what's going to happen. And that's what I see happening. The stuff that people stand on, this is what I think. In the last few months, I've had somebody or people say, oh, when it comes to the Word of God, oh, you're going back to the Word? What? You, you want to say something to me about what, how, how we should live, and you say, well, I, I don't want to hear the Word of God. Oh, you're going back to the Word? What, what do you want? What do you say? Well, let me tell you, this is what the Word of God says. This is what I want, what the Word of God says. Wait, oh, we're going back to the Word, are we? Can you, I don't know if you believe it, but... When I hear that kind of stuff, it's like there is a deceiving, seducing spirit to say, you know what, don't stand on the word, stand on who Jesus is, We're, we go off track. And what happens then is they give heed to doctrines of demons. One flows to the next. It says here in uh, 1 Timothy 4.1, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter days time will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. When, when Satan can get us off our from our shield, and the, the darts are getting through and hitting us, now we become an easy target for deceiving spirits and, and to heed or take in doctrines of demons. To have us depart from the faith is the first work of demons. This results in a departure from being in right standing with God, and there's an accepting of doctrines that would damn us. Oh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 1, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. 
What simplicity? Was not Jesus portrayed to you as crucified? That simplicity. The simplicity of Jesus Christ and him crucified. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. So here is the preaching of another Jesus. So this is why Jesus Christ and him crucified clarifies what Jesus are we talking about here now? So he, if he comes preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received. So not only are we leaning towards this different Jesus, there's a receiving of a different spirit which you have not received. So when we come to the Lord, which spirit do we receive when we come to the Lord? It's not a trick question. The Holy Spirit. We are, not only does the Spirit of God come within us, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we are sealed with the Spirit of God, with the, with the Erebon, the earnest of the Spirit. There's a portion of the Spirit that is given to us, and we're sealed with that. That's what the word Erebon means, a down payment for what is yet to come. So there's a different spirit. So if it's not the Holy Spirit, what kind of spirit might it be? We're talking demons. So there's an opening to demons and doctrines of demons. Or it says here, not just a different Jesus or a different spirit. Or it says, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with that you put up with this. So these doctrines of demons, and, and we need to recognize uh, later on in that chapter, verse 14, it says, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. If their dependence is on the work on, on their own works, they're not going to make it. But here is a transforming of ministers of righteousness from Satan. These are Satan's ministers trans, being transformed into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. Wow, that's pretty scary. And that's what's happening in the latter days, in these days. And I see that happening. It's like, I cannot believe what I hear. And so, like even today, there's this thing of, because he was a good man, and he had a good life, we make it to heaven. That's, that's a, a doctrine of demons. That's not, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. This is, because I'm a good man, I make it. That's a doctrine of demons. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. The foolishness of the message preached. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. 
but I love this. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, whether you are a Jew, by going by the law, or a Greek going by your wisdom, Christ, as you receive Christ, to those that are called, as you are called, say yes to Jesus Christ, whether you're Jew or Greek, Christ becomes the power of God and the wisdom of God to us. We preach Christ crucified, the power and wisdom of God. So, anything that would depart from this, the simplicity in Jesus Christ, are doctrines of demons. And they're prevalent in these latter days. So it's very easy to determine or to check. So how am I saved? Well, you need to be a good person. You know, you need to go to church. I'm saved by going to church, especially if you're a member at the Lighthouse. I'll tell you right now, if you believe that just because you're a member at a church that you're saved, better be careful. No, I'm saved because of my confession. In fact, for our members that are going to be accepted on, on um, Sunday, there's going to be a confession of their faith. Do you believe in who Jesus is and what he did for you? Yes, I believe. That's what I believe. A confession of their faith. Hallelujah. Those that are doing the law of works are under the curse. In Galatians 3.10, it says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So if you're going to go by the law, you have to keep every law. Well, we've already broken the law. So we can't even now, even if we attempt to say, well, I'm going to keep the law, it's already too late. We have to do all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. You cannot be justified by keeping the law. The just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through faith. Not giving heed to the doctrine of demons. Every religion that denies the reality of God, of Christ, of the Holy Spirit, the atonement, the death, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, of sin, sickness, Satan, demons, hell, heaven. These are major doctrines. So any religion that denies these things and the other basic fundamental doctrines of Scripture are as much of Satan and demons as the Bible and Christianity are of God. So as we say, no, I'm not going to do that. They're, they're following seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. 
Wow. Sorry? Question is, there's 600. So there are, we have the Ten Commandments. The question is, how many laws are there? So we have the Ten Commandments, and there was about another 603 other laws given in the Old Testament. So we have, in the Old Testament, 613. But in the New Testament, there are even more commandments that the Lord gave. Even more. But there is only one way that we are saved. And it's not by keeping the law. It is by keeping our faith in the right place. By keeping our faith in the right place. So, I'm going to, I'm just halfway through this thing of, of being, uh, being aware of some of these things. So let me just quickly review, and then I want to, I'm going to close with a passage that we closed with last time. I want to close with that from 1 John. So we have to watch out for three things that we talked about at this point in time. Uh, number one, departing from the faith. Keep your faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Secondly, watch out for deceiving spirits that will try to get you off. The de deception is to get you off the faith. My faith is in uh, how much time I, I spend in the Word or how much time I spend in prayer. So I have to put in at least, I don't know, 20 or 30 hours of prayer every week. You say, what? what? Do, do I have to do that? I have to spend so much time. I have to read at least one book of the Bible every day. And man, oh, Genesis is a long book. Man, those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, take up basically half of the New Testament. Man, today I have to read one of those. What I'm saying is this. The enemy would say, these are things that you have to do to be saved. I'm saying to you, your faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified is what we need to do, is keep our faith in the right place. And the other things, the Lord will help us by His Spirit to love Him. Watch the doctrines of demons. Anything that would shift or have us once again shift our faith or... Uh, is excluding, oh, we don't believe that. I cannot believe how many people are, are saying, well, we, we, we don't believe in the first 11 chapters of Genesis as written. Yeah, no. I think the Lord didn't really do things in six days. The day must have been a lot more because, more, you know, a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years. So it, it must have been that he did it over thousands of years. Why? Because they want to maybe tie in this thing of evolution over a period of, well, millions, millions and millions of years. What I'm saying to you is this. We take the Word of God from beginning and end to the end and that we look at the Word in context, always in context, and in light of even of the times that it was regarding or speaking of, we stand on the Word of God to take heed lest there's a departing. 
So, I want to close with this. Um, this is First John. Let me just get to it quickly. First uh, John, I think it's chapter, let me just make sure, I think it's chapter 1. Okay, we'll get there. It's at the end here. First John 1, 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. This is John speaking of Jesus. Which we have looked upon, our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. We're talking about having life now in the in the the way thing is, the things are for us in our life at this point in time. The Lord wants us to have life. Concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full in these days, even in these last days, these latter days that we live in. So let me just close in prayer at this time. Lord, I just, I thank you so much for the fact that we have come to know you because of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and him crucified for us, what you did for us on the cross. Lord, as we heeded that message, and Lord, as, as we confessed our sins, Lord, you, you had taken all our sins upon yourself, and there was a washing and a cleansing because our faith is in you and what you did for us on the cross, and your blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so we thank you, Lord. We've been washed clean. Your righteousness has been placed upon us. And Lord, even as we invite you into our life, tonight I pray, let there be a joy about us that we would have joy within us. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've fulfilled the law. You've fulfilled the prophets, all the prophecies you've fulfilled. Lord, and I just thank you for this, that we can have life and fullness of life and have joy of life. And Lord, I know sometimes as, as we, we are, are told to, to be aware of some of these things that would come against us, Lord, it is simple just to say, but Lord, my faith will remain in you. Not a different Jesus. It's going to be in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And so, Lord, the Spirit of God then will remain with us. And Lord, we will be able to preach a gospel, the gospel that speaks of you and what you did for us on the cross. Not a different gospel. And the Spirit of God within us. And I just thank you, Lord, I pray that there be a rejoicing at this time, even in the, the, in the midst of, of this world, in the midst perhaps of, of things coming against us, and, and Lord, being in a difficult situation. Lord, I just pray, let our hearts rejoice. Lord, you are with us. You are with us, Lord. You will not leave us nor forsake us. 
So, Lord, either you deliver us, as our faith is in you, you either deliver us from the situation, or, Lord, you will give us the endurance to get through. So, Lord, I pray for either miracle, let it be according to our faith in you, that it will continue to be in you and your finished work. I pray blessing. I pray blessing on each and every one on their families, Lord, especially on those in the family that do not know you yet, or maybe they have gone astray, Lord, that they will come back to you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray, let there be salvation would come to those that don't know you. Lord, as they would see the joy that we have, the hope that we have, the love that envelops us, Lord, that it would extend from us rivers of living water flowing from us, the Spirit of God flowing from us to bring life even as we would share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Let us do it. So I pray this blessing on each and every one on their families. Lord, I pray for their friends. Lord, for, the, for our neighbors. Lord, for those that we would come in contact with at work. Lord, the stranger. Lord, I pray there would be life flowing from us. Lord, in Jesus' name, that our joy may be full in you. In the fellowship that we have with the Father and with Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Lighthouse family, thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.